Hi, I'm Katie Page. And I'm Paul Ashton. And we made a comedy feature film called This Isn't Funny that Maria Menunos and Kevin Undergaro helped us produce. Along with us, it stars Anthony LaPaglia, Eddie Gathegi, Mimi Rogers, David Pasquese, Chia Caridis, and Danielle Panabaker. And it features some hilarious stand-up comedy from Beth Stelling, Ahmed Barucha, Will Weldon, and Katie. And you can stream the film right now in the U.S. store of iTunes, on Google Play, and at Amazon. And if you like it, please tell your friends, share it, and rate it. Thanks so much, guys. Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. After Buzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after-shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, sleepyheads. It's time for the AfterBuzz TV Sleepy Hollow After Show. Oh, this was a bit of a crazy episode. Things were... Plot lines moved forward. Characters made some uh, some uh, kissy-kissy. And uh, some other stuff happens. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You can tweet at me throughout the week, throughout the show, at that Zach Wilson, or using the hashtag ABTVSleepyHollow. And as you can see, if we uh, we go to the wide shot, uh... I'm all alone, all yep. by myself. Uh, I'm all by myself this week. There, there is, is no one here beside me. Um, unfortunately, Jackie Borowski uh, is busy tonight, and Stephen Lemieux is a little under the weather. Send them both your uh, your love. They won't be back soon. Until then, I will carry on because the show must go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I am here to talk. We're here to talk about the art of war. Um, this was uh, thank you to you guys in the chat roll. For, you're, I'm going to be leaning on you for help tonight. Um, I'm just going di- to dive right in. So the big monster of the week this week. I thought this was an okay episode. The berserkers were a decent monster. Not perfect. Not bad either. Um, I think their backstory was more interesting than they were actually on screen. They almost looked like they were given bird faces in a little weird of a way where their their faces came to this point. They the, the weird thing was they were they were supposed to be the unstoppable monster, the one that we couldn't we had no idea how to stop, but I never felt threatened by them all of pandora's monsters up to this point felt way more threatening like they might do more damage than any that than this one which was supposed to be the hardest to stop i was afraid for people for some of our characters with other with with the fear monster and the uh the monsters that fed the, the bee the bee monster the bee monster was way more threatening than the berserkers um even as unstoppable, so they they picked up stuff and they were strong, but it never felt like our heroes weren't going to stop them. Even when the mistletoe wouldn't work, I liked the mistletoe bit. That was cute. It was fun. Um, the way that they solved <laughs> uh, mistletoe apparently is a very valuable weapon, as we learned tonight. Uh, if you're fighting berserkers, um, but I I think that they 
they the, what was cool about this storyline what i did enjoy is the way that they had to solve the problem when they're faced with uh when they're faced with something that's unstoppable and they didn't just have a solution written down in a book of course they found one but in this but this week's case they managed to do, to fix the problem with just ingenuity. It wasn't about oh, Ichabod saw this happen one time a few years, a uh, few hundred years ago, and now it's relevant again. Ichabod and Abby and Jenny and Joe came up with a plan just using their own tactics, just like chess, just like the the theme of chess that we got in the in this episode. Um, they they figured out how to do it. They poured a little bit of Jenny's blood on the back of him, and it solved the day. Um, so that was cool. And moving past the monsters, the rest of this episode, the rest of this episode is where I think this what it really sung, it really sang. Um, uh, boo sixty nine bees in the chat roll. I like the Teen Wolf Berserkers. They looked way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, other shows may have done Berserkers a little bit better. Um. So let's uh, Jenny. Jenny was uh, Jenny has been infected with a with the shard of Anubis, and she's now. I guess it, it's slowly taking her over. I, the The big thing that I'm very interested to find out is what exactly the shard of Anubis is. Where did it come from? What is it? Is it truly a piece of a god? Um, by the end of this episode, we have Pandora. And Mummy Guy uh, emerging from the tree, from the evil tree, hashtag evil tree, uh, and basically Jenny under a, under the spell of the shard drawn to them as she kneels and takes his hand. The, let's dissect, I want to dissect this a little bit. I think, I think that this guy, maybe it's too obvious, but I feel like he is Anubis. Um, in maybe in one way or another, he is a being of like the god of death. He oversees death. We already had the horseman of death, but I think that that's basically this is the lord of the underworld, or maybe just another one because we already had Moloch. Oh, Moloch is purgatory, so maybe this is the true underworld. And we may have we may have called him Hades, we may have called him Anubis, we may have called him any number of things from any diff- vast majority of different mythologies, but. I like it would be cool to see the idea that and this being this guy that was seemingly wrapped in mummy cloth is actually a mummified god put down there and running the afterlife running the underworld uh it could be a very interesting way to handle it and uh, it may answer what who pandora is is she actually pandora is she demeter or persephone maybe she's just an amalgamation of all of these different things uh it could be really cool uh i i i want to see them use these mythologies a little more so far we've gotten some egyptian some sumerian some greek some roman uh all this stuff coming together tonight we got norse mythology so they're really bringing they're really digging into all different worldly mythologies we were into uh chinese mythology in the in the season opener um, and I think that that's building towards this god, this guy, this new big bad is going to be some a creature who appears in all of the world's different mythologies brought back into one being that we've just interpreted a million different ways. He's Satan. He's Hades. He's Moloch. Uh, well, Moloch's dead. Uh, unless this is Moloch. Twist! No, it's not. It's not Moloch. Don't bring Moloch back. No, no, don't do it. Don't bring Moloch back. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, no, that would be a silly twist. And I think this show is past. I think this this episode is sort of sh- proven to me. We're so we're seven episodes into the season, and so far there hasn't been a dud or a wasted episode so far. We've been given a bunch of different. We've get, we've been given a bunch of different plot lines, a bunch of different monsters, but it's never felt like a waste. Even as the monsters are one off and they, we, we get them, we kill them and we're done. And the episodes sort of stand alone. It is very much felt like, I want to say classic shows like, like Buffy is a great example of a show where monsters come and go, but the arc of the story of each season never feels like it goes away. And that's what Sleepy Hollow has done really well this season with Pandora and now with the furthering of the uh, Atticus Nevin storyline. It's never felt like we're dragging our feet. We are constantly driving the overall plot forward, and that is where Sleepy Hollow is really in strength this year. It more, I would say even more than season one, it has felt like we're not, we are always moving forward. And so it engages, it keeps me coming back every week, excited to know where we're going and what's going to happen. Because even though I didn't care for the Berserkers that much, they were interesting but not great, the episode as a whole was still strong and still a good episode of television that will get me back next week. Um, next week on Thursdays but uh maybe friday is and we'll talk about that stick around for some news and gossip later in the episode um so that's basically what i think is going on with with jenny and the the shard and anubis and pandora so let's dive into jenny and joe while we're talking about jenny because all the shippers can be happy they finally kissed (laughs) yep um it, 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 we knew we knew it was coming. This surprised no one, no one. I think the chat was already talking about it. Um, that they, they, everybody knew they were gonna, uh, they were gonna get together. Uh, Samantha Voss said, "Freaking loved Jenny and Baby Corbin." Uh, it's it, it's it was inevitable. I love the idea of these two people, these two characters. Just the idea that we got Joe Corbin back, little Baby Corbin. He was he was an interesting character last year when he was the Wendigo. It was a bizarre twist that we took him away. Bring him back in when it turns out that August and the, the reveal that August Corbin, back from the premiere in in name at least, is having more of an effect on this world than we ever realized. So Joe having this big arc, this big story, and tying back into Jenny's life, everyone affected by August Corbin in their most intense ways is great i i want to see more of it i want joe to stick around he's become such a strong character the at his his plot lines have been good the writing for him has been good and jenny and him just they just click the chemistry is right so of course they were gonna hook up now of course but they cooked up just in time for her to get dragged away which is of course how we need these storylines to go we this is how we need any sort of mystical supernatural show um as jenny said uh she's been living in the supernatural world her whole life so of course she's going to be affected by it uh, it's the only world she knows so anything that happens to her is going to be driven by the supernatural world of course, she could never have known that she was going to uh, fall into this trap of uh, touching something she should never have touched. It's bad. Um, Jokest Anubis twist, says Ren Einspern. Um, so, 
I yeah, so I want to see more of them. I, I guess uh, little Joe's gonna be on the warpath now. Uh, after they they have to go after, and now we have I guess probably a new addition to the Scooby team. Um, but let's start at the beginning of this one because back at the the top of the episode, Reynolds comes in. Reynolds comes in and he passes off the phone. This like the phone of power. That must go to Jenny Mills. Um, a duty phone. I don't know how the FBI works. Probably a real thing. Who knows? If you're in the FBI, tell us. <laughs> Somehow I doubt there is anyone in the FBI in our chat room right now. Um, but uh, so he gives Abby his phone and leaving her in charge, which is a big deal, like for her to be put in charge of this branch of the FBI. And I think she takes it as such. I was it was very interesting after he he's been chewing her out recently he wasn't uh entirely tr- i don't know that he entirely trusted her so when we get down to dc and he's meeting with this guy i'm not sure what his name was but if he was if he even had a name very it's very interesting i don't there's something else going on here there's more to there's far more to this story than we know Um, because Reynolds and him were talking as if there's a whole conspiracy around this. They have eyes on Mills. They have, um, but I can't, he says, I can't divert any more assets without attracting more attention. So this isn't just an FBI case. This is something else going on outside of just the FBI. Uh, I wonder, I'm trying to think, and I don't know if I can't, like, give it to somebody else tonight to, like, let me think of it, but I I think that there would be a great, there could be a really cool plot, what if Reynolds is working for Pandora, um, or what if, what if the FBI, keep in mind, this is on, this is a show on Fox, what if the FBI has a special division devoted entirely to investigating the supernatural? Cue the crossover with the X-Files. It would be better than Bones. Uh, <laughs> um, I, it wasn't a joke. It would just be better than Bones. Every crossover would be better than Bones. Um, so yeah, I wanted. I would love to see uh, th- that turn into something. The the idea that the FBI knows about this stuff and that Abby wouldn't have to keep it secret would be a great shift of direction for the show maybe there really is a branch of the government that deals with this kind of thing and abby has been on the the outlier of it it maybe they've seen these tablets maybe the government has seen these tablets and knows just as much about as pandora that sees that they are sees the two two interpretations are they witnesses or are they destroyers and they've been holding back letting them do their thing waiting to see if they can be trusted. Now Reynolds is in there. He trusts Abby. He sees that she may be the best in the FBI and that he can bring her into this inner circle that apparently is very small that has been keeping a a mole inside Atticus Nevin's place with Sophie Foster. We talked about it last week. We knew that the actress that plays Sophie Foster has been brought on as a series regular for this season that's huge that means we're going to be seeing her for almost all if not all of the of the episodes left in this season um 
As for the reveal that she's an FBI agent, I I was surprised. I personally, maybe uh, you guys tell me in the chat room if you saw that coming. Did you see Sophie Foster being an FBI agent? I had no idea. I thought she was uh, just gonna turn out to just uh, she just worked for Nevins. She was a cool character that might come slowly into the Scooby Gang to like throw a wrench in Joey and Jenny's plans because she got crushed. Um, pretty old little baby Corbin. Um, but so, yeah, anyway, uh, I think there's a lot there that, that little, it was just a quick little scene, but it has such big implications for the, the universe of this show as a whole. The idea that these, these are higher up FBI agents who seem to be involved. Oh, great, great idea from A. Wilson in the chat role. What if there are Hessians in the FBI. We haven't talked about the Hessians organization since season one, but it was such a huge thing as if it was this big, massive, centuries-old organization. I would love for them to bring that back that the Hessians have been around. That is a brilliant idea. I would love to see that. Do it, sleepy writers. I want to see that. I want to see the Hessians running the FBI from the back corners. Um... Yeah, Darius in the chat room says, no, I had no idea Sophie was FBI. Samantha Voss says, nope. Um, Eric Olin says, nope, I didn't. Uh, and yeah, Cadet IPK, well, Hessians are everywhere. Felicia Moore didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. But it, but it, but what was great about it is it, it felt right. It didn't feel cheap. Like a lot of twists that you don't see coming can feel really out of, like, just out of left field and feel fake and feel like a waste. Like, they they tricked you into something. But this felt, it felt natural. This made sense. Even as surprising as it was, it made sense. Uh, So what else happened in this episode? Uh, You know what what else happened, like, since this episode? We got some reviews to shout out on iTunes. Uh, Yeah, uh, at least we got got one. One one new review. Guys, if you haven't heard us give the little spiel before, uh, if, it's a big help if you guys can go onto iTunes, whether you're listening to us there, listening to us on SoundCloud, or watching us on YouTube. Jump on over to iTunes, hit us with a rating. I hope it's five stars. If it's not, let us know what we can do to make this show better for you. Maybe add some co-hosts on other weeks, but I'll work on that. They'll be back. Um, but we want to know what you think. We want to know that you guys... And leaving those reviews helps us as a network. It helps us keep the show findable for new fans. And it helps keep the lights on here just by helping our shows become more popular. It's how we find sponsors for all of our shows. It's how we get guests. Last season when we had uh, Lindy Green, we had Jenny in studio. We only were able to do that because of the fantastic support from viewers like you. Um, so go on to iTunes and, give a sh- and you get a shout out on the show when you do it. Uh, JRenee424 says, one of my favorites, five stars. Looking forward, look forward to this after show every week. Love the hosts or host, depending on the week. Uh, that I added that last bit. Thank you, JRenee. Um, uh, uh, Samantha Boston's uh, getting back into the show says, the twist reminded her of the Henry reveal season one. And that's true. The Henry reveal was also something I can't say that I saw coming. I wasn't on the after show at the time, so there's no way you can check. I didn't see it coming. Um, yeah, Boo uh, Boo in the chat says, I was so shocked that she was FBI. Everyone was surprised. But it made sense, and that's what's important. Okay, so what else is going on in this episode? Uh, the, base, the the rest of it basically was uh, Ichabod is uh, having some interesting... Uh, sort of a depression with his 
all of the battles that he's been up against. I think if we were in Ichabod's shoes, it would feel like we'd been struggling a little bit. Ichabod has has been having a rough rough go of it everything that he does he comes up against a wall stopping Moloch up he has to fight through a headless horseman he has to fight up against his wife going evil on him his son everybody around him dying except for Abby and Jenny he loses a lot of people and now he's just trying to get citizenship in a country that he helped found Ugh, I can't, like it, it it's rough it's like getting it's like getting kicked out of a, a club that you found that you started or you know who you know who Ichabod could relate to right now you should go see Steve Jobs Steve Jobs knows it's like you found something then they kick you out of it and you have to try to worm your way back in and that's what Ichabod's up against and it's it's also I mean just getting citizenship is not an easy thing to do um so and even while he's doing that he's still just trying to figure out what to do with Pandora. They keep fighting these monsters off. They fight one off. They defeat it. They're like, yeah, we're the best. And then Pandora sends another one at them, and then they beat that one, and they beat the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And then Pandora disappears into the hashtag evil tree. Um, I believe that's what she calls it. I'm not adding the hashtag. That is what Pandora refers to it as. It's the hashtag evil tree. Um, So... I, I I like that we're getting into that, that we got this this sweet moment between Abby and Ichabod at the end where they're they're coming together and he he's honest about his fear that she might get transferred out of state. He he doesn't just rely on her for a place to live and for help with everything that he's been doing so far. She's his best friend. Like, I know that, that some people are still shipping them together, that it could be shippers. And I know Jackie, if she was here, would be yelling at me for not pushing it. But I still, I love them as best friends. They are fantastic as just pure besties. I don't need a romantic relationship between them because they're the best of friends. They know what they are, and Ichabod is not afraid to tell her that. Uh, even as Joe, they have the, he, he and Joe have the same conversation about needing to be honest with your Pete, with the other person. Joe's honesty is that he just wants to kiss her, (laughs) which I got to commend him on the, uh, what has got to be the weirdest line. Ichabod told me I should talk to you about what this, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever works for you, Joe. I mean, if you, it got him in there, so kudos but i liked i liked ichabod's little talk with abby <laughs> yeah some people in the uh uh the chat uh cadet jpk uh it could be for life uh a wilson says uh but i do love them as friends and or more uh so uh oh some uh, somebody thought that uh, crane was going to confess his love for abby no He's just confessing his bestie status because they're besties for life. BFFs, witness BFFs. Um, all right. Well, that that about uh, does it for the episode uh, recap. I think there's there's overall, like I said, I think this is a very solid episode. It drove the story forward. It's not the kind of episode you're gonna want to go back to a whole bunch of times because the berserkers were good, not great. It may not even be good. May even be pushing it a little bit. But it was it was fun to watch, and it drove the story forward. So as long as so 
I liked it for that, especially. I think in retrospect of what we were getting next week, it will be very interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. In this case, boom! Kiss, not boom sex, as I uh, I usually like to say. But it was, uh, <laughs> I like that my own lines are being quoted back at me when I forget them. You guys are amazing. I love you guys. Um, all right. So... There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot, as, as I said, there's this boom making out in this episode. So with that in mind, I think it's time that we move into Sleepington Abbey. This week on Sleepington Abbey, hosts have abandoned their posts. And making out is rampant as truths are confessed. Agents come out of the shadows and all things are changing. I say, it appears that no other hosts have shown up this week, which is most scandalous. Most scandalous indeed, would echo the crowd. But I say, I did, I did see Mr. Corbin laying his lips upon Miss Mills while she was under a state which is quite delirious. Quite delirious indeed. It was most scandalous, for maybe he should have waited until... She was right of mind. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Alright. Let's just let's leave Sleeping Ted Abbey alone until we get some people to play off of. Um, with that, let's Yes, uh, let's move into some predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Alright. Okay, so next week looks like it's going to be a huge episode. Um, next week we've got a uh, a li- like a living god, as they say, which is also a sort of colored my belief. Although I was already thinking about it, that we are going to get Anubis. I think that I think that it's this amalgamation of Anubis. That's my huge prediction. Um, I already gave it away earlier in the episode, so I don't have a lot to go there. Um, the scythe that they showed at the end makes me has some very interesting implications the the scythe is a tool of gardening it's a it, it, it's for fielding it's for field work so i wonder if he if it's somehow about a harvest what he what is a scythe implies harvest is he here to harvest souls is he here to harvest life um what is what is behind the scythe and anubis uh, which I'm going to call him until I have something better. Because um, why else would he be looking for the shard? Maybe maybe it's like the devil in Tenacious D, the pick of destiny, where you need to he needs to complete himself to be whole again to regain his power and walk once more upon the earth. Um, that's the myth they're drawing from. The myth of Tenacious D. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so the other, okay, the other big thing that we gotta talk about, we gotta talk about some news and gossip real quick. After Buzz TV News. Okay, for those of you who haven't heard and didn't figure out from my completely, where I just basically laid it out earlier, uh, this week it was revealed that starting February 5th of 2016, next year, uh, that's going to be mid-season for Sleepy Hollow. Uh, starting February 5th, Sleepy Hollow is moving from Thursday nights to Fridays at 8 p.m. 
7 Central. Um, that's not good news by any means. Um, it, traditionally, moving a show to Friday night is the kiss of death. Uh, most shows that, especially on networks, that air on Friday nights, it's it's a night where people go out. So it's not considered something that people that is people are going to find by accident or that they're going to happen upon. In the age of DVR, it's not as big a deal because anyone can find it. Um, there are certainly shows that do very, very well on Friday nights. I, for one, also am, of course, as, you, as fans of AfterBuzz may, may already be aware... I'm a huge fan of the show Grimm, which premiered as a Friday night show and found a fantastic audience that has been running for five seasons in that time slot. They even tried moving it off there when it was a success into Monday nights. Didn't It didn't do well there. They moved it back to Friday's ratings went back up. So I, there's, there's two things here. Either Fox is just done with the show and it's on its way out and this is the last season that we're going to get. They're just ready to finish it out, tell them finish season three and you're done. Or... They're try the the only alternative if they do have faith still in the show is that they're trying to capture what NBC really hooked onto with this Thursday night or Friday night horror block where they had Grimm, which has been anchored by Grimm. They had Hannibal, they had Dracula, they've had a few other shows that did well and were very well received. It airs right at eight o'clock prior to end to when Grimm airs. So they weren't dumb enough to think they could compete with Grimm. Uh but they, if you get there right before and you watch Sleepy Hollow and then turn the channel down and watch Grimm, they, that, that's the only thing I could think that's a possibly a positive thing here. But overall, Friday night, I, I think it's a bad sign. I think this season, that says to me, this season is the last of Sleepy Hollow, unfortunately. But... Uh, as much as they bounced back season three, season two left them with a really low audience. It was t- it's tough to get people back after you have a bad season. Um, so time will tell. We'll see what happens. Time will tell, and we'll get to see the rest of the season, it looks like. At least at least we'll see the rest of the season. They're not just going to cancel it midstream. Uh, yeah, some people are saying Friday is death. Uh, the death slot. <laughs> Can we start a petition for Hulu to save it? Uh, I think this this show may be too big of a budget for Hulu and Netflix to to chase it. It doesn't have as big an audience. I'm I'm afraid. Uh, we'll we'll have to figure it out. We'll we'll see. Um, so so that's that's gonna be it, guys. Thank you for joining me for this this ride. I am going to go rest my voice for a little while. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, I'm Zach Wilson. You can tweet at me at that Zach Wilson. T h a t z a c h w i l s o n uh, Jackie Browski, one, two, three, Jackie underscore B, Stephen Lemieux, uh, I don't spell his name for him. Uh, you can look him up, find him. Um, and you can find me here on a whole bunch of shows at AfterBuzz, including, as I said, Grim, Doctor Who on Sundays is a double block. We have some very exciting stuff coming up for Doc, for, uh, well, Doctor Who's gonna be fun. We have for, for Grim, trust me, you're gonna want, if you're a fan of Grim, you're gonna want to keep watching this season. We have some exciting stuff on the table other shows leftovers the muppets uh if you tune into muppets i think we may have gotten a big big number of reviews enough this week that i'll be revealing the footage of me when i was on sesame street as a child you heard that right tune into after buzz tv's muppets after show for that exclusive um guys until next week i'm zach wilson and thanks for geeking out with us
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Good night, sleepyheads. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 